Hello, welcome to TV Therapy. I'm your host, Ben, and this is a podcast all about TV, where I chat to friends and family and just like random strangers I can yell to out the window, all about the TV shows that they love. Along the way, I hope to get some insight into how TV can help us and heal us, even during the darkest of times, and especially during a pandemic. So, let us begin. Hello, and so my guest today is Alex Lamy, friend of mine. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. How are you? I'm all right. How is lockdown treating you? Yeah, uh, as good as it can at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, are you watching a lot of TV? Uh, I'm watching like three shows at the moment, but okay. So, it's, well, what are you watching? Uh, well, <laughs> Kim Possible on on Disney Plus because it's cool. it's a sh- like I've I've watched it before, but I've I, I don't think I've ever watched every single episode, so. Okay. I'm just going through it, seeing what I think of it. Um, really enjoying it so far. Well, I'm watching The Mandalorian. I, I'm, I'm, Mandalorian. I'm still, yeah, I, mean, I think I've only just finished episode four or five. <laughs> or five. So uh, yeah, episode episode four is the one on the planet, um, the kind of like rural planet. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've I haven't really progressed that far, but I will I will finish it hopefully before yeah. this lockdown ends. <laughs> and the other one. Uh, the 90s X-Men show which okay. is a lot better than I remember it being okay. it's quite surprising yeah so you're really using your Disney Plus subscription yeah and... well yeah. I've, I haven't actually subscribed it's my sister who actually has the oh, account but oh since, okay since... you're one of those oh yeah but since she has my Netflix one it's only fair that it's I have fair. a Disney Plus one so are you, are you a big TV watcher generally I know you play a lot of games and watch movies, but like, how often do you get around to sort of TV? Very rarely. Um, it's not my favourite medium, but I can definitely see why people love it so much. You're more actively involved in it, and easier to get into, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of TV shows where people say to you, "Oh, yeah, you have to watch this. It's so amazing." Yeah. And you do you watch you maybe watch like I don't know the first three episodes, and you're like yeah I'm not really grabbing it. So finish the season, and then tell me yeah. what you think. And then you watch well, the season, yeah. and then you still think it's just okay. Well, there, and that's then, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> With TV, you get an awful lot of um, it. Get, it gets good at like at this episode or at this point, and or it, get, and it so... gets or it gets good at this season, and I'm like, well, that's yeah. like towards the end. I don't want to wait. I don't want to watch it all that way. <laughs> no, I mean you don't get that with games, really, do you? You no. don't get people going, oh, it gets good after the first twenty six hours, you know? Yeah, like it's, with games, yeah. you pretty much know if you're going to love it straight like from yeah. the off because the the gameplay is what hooks you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, I mean, there are examples either way um of that not being the case i guess i mean there's been lots of shows that i've liked um after mm-hmm. sort of putting in a few hours of being a bit like me like i, I didn't think i liked breaking bad like straight away I, you know it took me a few episodes to actually get hooked no yeah i mean i thought the first season was just okay and then season two onwards it got really really good so yeah yeah it, it, it depends doesn't it because there yeah. are some shows that um 
that just aren't good in the first season and then they kind of figure their way out like a lot of comedies yeah um the u.s office and um, parks and recreation in particular they're well known for having not great first seasons because they're trying to copy what came before and then once they move into the second season they really become their own show because the writers know the characters know what they're doing yeah i mean there's there's definitely shows where they start off strong from the off like yeah. like sex education or scrubs yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like has yeah. i think season one is probably one of its strongest seasons yeah um, yeah there are exceptions to the rule i guess and but yeah so you're not a big binge watcher then not really but there if no. if i do love it, if i i'm really into a show then i will probably binge watch it so he did with sex education as you said yeah he, i also he... did with daredevil and jessica jones um yeah it depends what show it is yeah i guess i guess there's more shows now in this sort of golden age of tv that it's it's easier to sort of binge watch straight away because the first season they kind of hit the ground running because they're so full of like ideas and they kind of lose steam afterwards if you know what i mean yeah i suppose so um a lot of these golden age of tv shows they kind of after the first season then they kind of run out of ideas like they especially did with those marvel shows like jessica jones and daredevil they have notoriously sort of not great second seasons yeah that's true um or, or weaker seasons so i guess maybe that is just like one of the problems with sort of this new age of tv So I just quickly want to mention at the start of this podcast that there may be some issues with sound. Now, this was entirely out of my control um, because on the app that I'm using, which is called Anchor, there is a record with friends feature, which allows me to um, just speak remotely to somebody who also has the app and it just saves the whole thing. Um, But only listening listening back to it did I realise that for some reason it has overlapped some of the talking and so there will be segments where me and Alex who I'm talking to speak at the same time um I there's no way of getting rid of it um unfortunately but I have edited the podcast to cut out any sort of discrepancies as much as I can um but unfortunately yeah it is a bit of a nuisance um hopefully in the future I will figure out a better way to do it um yeah, so sorry about that, but I hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, cool. Well, um, I'm just going to ask you some, just, just want you to just be honest about them. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so we'll start. Um, what was the first TV show you sort of fell in love with? Well, the earliest TV show I can remember is probably Only Fools and Horses, because my parents intru- introduced that to me. And it, I think it's the one show that it's it's been there for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that as well, because I watched that show a lot as a kid, partly because it's um to do with my family, like, because my family came from Peckham. Yeah, my family's and from so there's that... that sort of area of London, and they so, sort of speak yeah. that language as well, which I really, uh, which I really like. It does feel like a sort of warm family orientated comedy doesn't it it's, yeah it's when i watch only falls it makes you feel good it makes me feel at home that's the best way i can describe it i suppose yeah well, i mean we'll get down to the sort of tv that it's like comfort food to you yeah but only falls and horses is definitely one of those shows that you watch and you kind of feel this warm glow it's nostalgia but it's it's rooted in like it being actually good yeah you know it's not just some you know, oh yeah, as I've got as I've got older and I've rewatched it several times, it it gets better for me each time because you notice things 
that you you don't you don't even notice when you're a kid. You know, all the subtleties and the nuance. It all like as you gain a more critical mind, it all becomes more apparent to you. So it's definitely got that going for it. Yeah, it, it definitely holds up. I I feel yeah. um, there are some bits that are kind of they don't quite work in today's society. Yeah. But I Definitely. think generally because it's so well written and the characters are so good, mm. it kind of, it still looks good like now. Like yeah. the comedy is still funny. Yeah. Um, and that's the key. Um, which brings me to my second question. What show makes you laugh more than any other? Um, I had to really think about this one. Uh, I decided to go with a different flavour. I went with Forty Towers. I think the yes. reason is because the character Basil Forty. I love his, like, sassy, sarcastic nature and his, like, rude demeanour yeah. towards the hotel guests. Not in, like, a, yeah. oh, I wish I could be like this kind of way, but in, like, a, yeah. it's just from an outsider's perspective, like, someone looking in, it's it's hilarious to watch. And it kind of yeah. has this, like, wish fulfilment you could, in the way that you could, like, talk to your customers that way at work sometimes. Oh, no, when yeah, they're, definitely. When I they're definitely rude to you and you just wish you could apply some Basil Forty to your comebacks or something. I mean, you have um, done that at work, though, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. haven't you? You have talked back a little bit. What was that thing you said when he was the customer was telling you how to scoop ice cream? Or oh, what? yeah. Whatever. So I, I think he, was a, he wasn't from the Isle of Wight. I knew that much. Yeah, he asked me for some ice cream and I was scooping it out of the tub. And as I was scooping, he was like, I don't want holes in it because they were like you could. It looked like it was curling into a ball, but there was like a massive hole in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. So I just I looked yeah. up at him and I I had no filter or anything. I just said to him, "I know what I'm doing, mate." <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, that is a classic. Like that is almost Basil Forty esque. It's almost like I know what my, you know. It's my job. I know yeah. what I'm doing. I could like, yeah. I, I, I mean, Basil Forty. I is... didn't even think about it. I just said it, and then afterwards, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you didn't get no. trouble for it. He, did, he, so, didn't, I mean, he didn't even reply to thing. it either. If you knew you could get away with yeah. it, you would talk back to customers, like all those horrible ones. But no, Basil Fawlty is, he's one of those absolute classic characters because he is just so perfectly realised. Yeah. But other than that, it's, I feel like Forty Towers is just like a really tightly written, well-crafted and consistently yeah. funny show. Yeah. And it makes the most out of its like really simple premise of being in a hotel. Yeah, I mean it is. It is just it's the tight twelve episodes in one location. Yeah. It doesn't try to do anything too difficult. It's just a farce, and and that's kind of why it's the best, one of the best, you know, British sitcoms of all time. Yeah, it's only got four characters, hasn't it? It's, yeah, it's Basil, um, Manuel, uh, uh, Polly, and uh, uh, Civil. So it's only got the four characters, and they're both extremely well written characters. But I think you know John. Clay he's the absolute yeah the he makes the it what it is yeah of, you know because it was um based off um true yeah, life wasn't it character because, based um, off of a real hotel with manager yeah uh, i mean have you seen monty python do you i haven't monty seen the python? show but i've seen the three films i mean the show is mm. great as well the thing is the films are essentially they're more refined whereas the show you know it's a sketch show so it does have some hits yeah. and misses but it's still class you still get loads of those classic sketches but you can definitely see kind of that strain of humor that's in 40 tower in Monty Python because it's 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 John Cleese's like really acerbic tongue you yeah. know it's him being quite just fed up with life and people and and that comes through sometimes in some yeah. of the films but um Forty Towers that is one funny show I think my favorite episode is the um the body yeah the body I like I like that one. To get it out. my favorite episode 
or the blind yeah, lady. Yeah, that's a good one as well. My favourite episode is probably uh, the hotel inspector when Basil mistakes yeah. that guest yeah. or two guests for hotel inspectors and then yeah. makes a fool of himself. It's a show that has, it's so, because it's so tight, it's only got 12 episodes. To be honest, you could pick out any one of them. They're all funny. Yeah. Um, there's no real weak points. Yeah. It's, it's rare to get that. There's, a, there's there's very few sort of classic sitcoms that are quite short like that. Yeah, it's 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 really good. It's such a good Yeah, it's like, it doesn't overstay as well because it just gets in does its best work and then gets out i like that okay so the answer to the next question probably won't be basil Fawlty, <laughs> but what's a tv character you aspire to i had to really think about this one as well so i've gone for jd from scrubs the main character i know you i know you haven't seen okay. scrubs jd is very relatable because he's got a, a goofy sense of humor that's right up my alley he's yeah. very imaginative he has always like throughout his day he has all these like highly elaborate and hilarious fantasies that make you laugh yeah. that like let poke fun of certain like aspects of life and phrases and sayings and stuff it's really funny but he's also he's a flawed character like he has his insecurities like everyone else and there are times when i don't agree with yeah. what he does or, or, I'm, or i'm just like why did you do that that's ridiculous that's stupid but yeah at the end of the day i feel like he's a character who's he's something that i aspire to be like he's in touch with his emotions he's completely comfortable with who he is yeah. completely comfortable with his sexuality like he's quite feminine you know he doesn't care what anyone thinks of him and he doesn't let it doesn't let ever let yeah. him hold him back and also yeah. all of that is what i feel like makes him such a great doctor as well he's he's really good at what he does as well so yeah okay yeah, that is i mean that's really interesting i i haven't seen it i haven't seen scrubs but i can absolutely sort of see that character and i can see like parts of that character in you yeah. as well because i know you quite well i can definitely see how you could relate to that i mean i can relate to that and i haven't even mm. seen the show the show does seem like quite a lot of fun does it have a lot of emotional beats oh yeah as well? like it's it's known for its right really eccentric humor and it's quite the mm. humor is quite crazy but at the heart of it there's a lot of um heart that's put into the show as well um a lot of these yeah. situations and plot lines are all to do with how doctors or just jd in particular deals with like death and just typical things okay. that doctors have to come out like overcome it's really good it's a really good show i do mean to watch it. i know you lent me some dvds once and i never got around to it <laughs> yeah it is on my list i know it's meant to be very we'll sit very down good. and watch it together um, one day but yeah, uh, I do. I do want to. I know there's. Um, have you been listening to the podcast? Because yeah, Zach Braff and Donald Faison. It's called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. They're the two <laughs> characters. They play JD and Turk, who are best friends in the show. And in real yeah. life, they're also best friends. I think Zach Braff's actually um, godfather to Donald Faison's children. So yeah, okay. they're really close. It does seem like a show that's got quite a lot yeah. of heart as well. It's one of those modern modern comedies that isn't. Yeah, cynical. I mean. It's not um, it's not a perfect show that? by any means. Like every other show, yeah. it has its bad episodes. It's got certain yeah. things that you don't agree with. I mean, there's it came out in like the early two thousands. So like Friends yeah. and probably only Fools and Horses, okay. there are things about it that are outdated. But it it doesn't, doesn't hold it back from being a great show. Yeah. Okay, I mean that's good. That, that is good though. Right. So next question. Um, what is a show that you've been addicted to? that you just had to tell everybody about. <laughs> well, this is an odd one for me because I don't usually go around talking about my favourite TV shows, but no. of the ones that I've no. seen and thinking about the ones I talk to the most with people, or not necessarily the most, yeah. the ones that I want people to watch. First one, I'd probably say Lost. 
just because not yeah. many people understand the show they don't or they don't appreciate the ending its themes and its characters yeah so i tend to like nudge people to like yeah i defend, defend it and it. i try and nudge people to like give it another shot if they gave up on it and the other okay. one again is i'm going to say scrubs again just because not that many people okay. have watched it okay i mean if we go on to lost i do agree because i'm yeah. a big fan of lost as well and i didn't I didn't rub up against the finale in the way most people did. I, you know, I was fine with it. I, I enjoyed it. But it is weird when people kind of drop out because there's so many points at which yeah. to drop out. I know people who dropped out yeah, after same. season one because they liked the more survivalist aspect of season one. I know people who, you know, couldn't deal with the the time travel stuff in season five. You know, it's 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 sort of back and forth. You know, people drop out yeah. all along the show, and like if you manage to stick to the end, and then you didn't like the ending, it's kind of it's kind of like what show were you watching? This is a show that like changed, it reinvented itself multiple times, and then season six, it became what it was finally meant to be about, and then they were kind of like against it. Yeah, it's, it's I feel like weird. Lost is a show that really tests people's i wouldn't say patience but like it kind of divides the people who watch shows with their hearts versus people who watch shows with their brains like if you go into lost wanting answers to the most like you know petty questions really like trivial stuff you're not going to be satisfied but if you watch it as a show where the characters are growing its themes are like really strong like prevalent and strong then you you i think you'll have a blast with yeah it. no i mean i completely agree i think maybe what people took against was that in the early days it was a mystery it was a yeah. show you watched with your mind because you're trying to work out what was going on and then by the end of the six um seasons it was yeah. a show about its heart and maybe that maybe people were just kind of like they wanted the answers because they stuck with it that long and there weren't there weren't any easy answers I mean, to be honest, I do think part of that was maybe due to the writers, because a lot of people still think that the finale of Lost, spoilers, was that they were dead all along, (laughs) when that wasn't the case. I I think the whole thing with the Flash Sideways did complicate it, because people tended to think, oh, they were dead all along, that's what it was, and it was like, Okay, no, that's like I mean, it's complicated. But then Christian Shepherd, like I feel, um, I feel like he perfectly explains to Jack what the whole flash sideways thing is. But I guess, yeah. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I guess by that point, if you'd watched up until that point and then you got that answer, you would. I can understand why people are disappointed with it because it doesn't quite, it doesn't give them what they want. I, I had an emotional reaction to it. I, you know, I cried a lot when I watched it because it is so emotional yeah. and the music is beautiful. And I can, but I can see how it rubs people up the wrong way but you know it is one of those perfect shows to binge um it is one of those absolutely fantastic shows that you kind of get addicted to because those mysteries in the early seasons throughout actually you know i mean they're so good like season one it's building up these really interesting mysteries about the others and then the monster and the in the forest and all this stuff and you know a lot of the biggest answers they do get explained um you know the others they become characters they're not just like these shadow beings in the forest they are they become characters you get to know them and so lost it it becomes that it evolves into this really kind of like quasi-religious spiritual thing and i think it's yeah i really love that i just i loved just it kind of it was quite smooth transition into that but it is a show that you um yeah, you can get addicted to, and I, I can, I can get that. I mean, I'll still defend it, Same. you know, to my dying breath. Is what I mean. Unfortunately, it's one of those shows that people only talk, talk about. The talk, they talk about you know the things that don't like, matter, like polar bears and 
yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, like um, that, yeah, that like 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 Game of Thrones. People now yeah. remember it for having a terrible ending, when in fact it was brilliant for so many years. Um, you know, I'd still buy the box set. You know, I'm not gonna forget about the show. It, you know, just because it has a rubbish ending doesn't mean you should forget about the journey. Yeah. And the journey is the important bit, right? So that brings me to the next question. I imagine it's maybe one of the shows you've already talked about, but what is your ultimate comfort food TV show? What is the what is the show that you can put on at any time and it just makes um, it good? Again, I'm going to have to go with either Only Fools and Horses or Friends. Okay. Well, let's talk about Friends because we haven't really mentioned that one yet. So why is Friends your comfort food like TV I just, show? I feel would never get bored of it you know i feel like they're both the perfect shows to put on when you want to make yourself feel better after a bad day or something it's a weird one isn't it because it's kind of i mean it's had this sort of not exactly a backlash in the last few years but like people sort of it's been reassessed and people realize that you know there are a lot of problematic elements to it yet it still has a lot of love from those people who you know say oh it's you know it has yeah. all these rubbish elements so it, it, it's weird because it's I think it's like Only Falls and Horses because it's so well written that kind of people might forgive it. Yeah, and the characters are well realised as well. And there's a lot of heart there. You know, I think it does kind of maybe get tainted a little bit nowadays because you go, well, Ross and Rachel, that wasn't a great relationship. You know, Ross is still a bit of a a rubbish person, but you still kind of get drawn in in a way, I think. And then with like Monica and Chandler, you do kind of get invested because you realize that they are yeah. the more believable couple in a way um because they both have their flaws and their problems yet they still manage to find love and i think that's what i think yeah. that's what's really interesting about it um is that they're kind of the secret weapon yeah. i think in the show but yeah i mean i used to be comforted by that a lot i, I bought the box set like years and years ago and i watched it all through because i never watched it um all of it before and it just it yeah. just makes I mean, it feel I, good. I, I remember it, when yeah. I first watched it, I watched it with my sister and my mum. I think we had the yeah. box set, we borrowed it from our uncle and we just we binged the whole series <laughs> in like a matter of weeks. And yeah, we were like yeah. really into it. And even the Ross and Rachel storylines, we were completely Oh, what's gonna happen next? Are you gonna get back together or are they not, yeah. you know? Yeah, cool. Fantastic. Right. So I mean that kind of kind of brings us on to the next question. It's it's a similar sort of question. Um, what's your show you watch whilst eating dinner? And so what I mean is a show that you go, okay, so I've got dinner, I've got, you know, 20, 30 minutes to kill. What's something that you put on just to kill the time whilst you're eating food? Well, I usually you watch YouTube <laughs> while I'm eating dinner. But um, in regards to a TV show, yeah. I, again, okay, I'm going to have yeah. to say only fools and friends. Mostly because they're on, they're on repeat yeah. on TV a lot. Um, it's just something quick and easy to put on. Yeah. Um, you it's know, UK TV Gold or Comedy Central or something like that. And they're, yeah, also, they're no, also like the, that, probably yeah. the two shows I've watched the most with my family. So you kind of know yeah, which like one you want to watch. All of us are going to be satisfied on. if we put on like, Fools and Friends. So um, I get that about YouTube, though. Like we constantly yeah. watch YouTube, especially during food times. It's just like, yeah, something quick, bite sized to put on. Um, although I've been watching a lot of 8 out of oh, 10 yeah. Cats does countdown at the moment. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of panel shows. Really I quite liked Mot the Week when it was on, but other than that, I've never really been a panel show fan. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I love panel shows. Um, no, I, would I lie to you? Have you seen that one? I think that is generally mm-hmm. one of the best and funniest shows on TV. Every episode is just a pure nugget of comedy. Um, it's kind of genius because it's got Rob yeah. Brydon, he's like the host. And then you have two teams, David Mitchell and one who's this, you know, really yeah, kind I of like David dry, Mitchell. very 
intricate humor and then you got lee mack who's who's the kind of his comedy is very kind of like northern yeah. and very kind of like quick-witted and it's the perfect match between those two and obviously there are sometimes like lies they have to uncover each other's lies and over the series because they've like got to know each other more and more <laughs> the lies become a bit more ridiculous and yeah. it's, it's just such a funny show and they always get the best guests on as well and I think yeah I think it's just brilliant it's just so well conceived um in terms of panel shows I think it's it's definitely up there like I Fair don't enough. think there's anything that comes close to it really so we did what shows you were watching whilst you're eating dinner so so let's mm-hmm. go a bit more philosophical in a way um in what ways do you think television has the power to heal you in what ways do you think it can make you feel <laughs> i really struggle with this one as well but i suppose <laughs> it depends on the kind of show you're looking for i suppose i mean personally i wouldn't say i've ever been healed by a show but that doesn't mean i don't believe it can happen i mean it's yeah. the same thing with films and games yeah they can certainly help you briefly forget yeah. your problems that you're having in real life i remember when i went to see what was it uh the, the invisible man I think I was having a really bad day and yeah. as soon as the film started, I completely forgot everything and just like completely focused on the film and really into it. And yeah. also I feel like films, TV and games, they can give you a, a different perspective on certain things. But as for being healed, I'm not sure. I've never really okay. actually heard of That's someone being yeah. healed from something. But although you do, you do hear people say this well, film yeah. changed my life or this TV show changed my life. They never elaborate on that yeah. <laughs> when they say that. Well, do you think any shows have changed it's your hard life to say. in any I, what, How way? would you just define change your life? Well, sh- shows that, not necessarily that they come along at a point in the life when you most needed it, but a show that made you change the way you thought about your own life, maybe about your own problems. So I'll use mm-hmm. an example from like my recent history. I watched, um, so in November, my, like, as you know, my nan passed away and I felt like Mm -hmm. quite sad for a few months. In particular, I felt aware of my mortality and the mortality of my friends and family. And so I just felt quite worried. And I remember watching The Good Place finale, which is this, generally the show is about the afterlife and it's about death, you know, life and what we do you know, to be a good person. And I won't spoil the finale, but the finale does so many things and it's so beautiful and it made me cry so much. And I genuinely felt after I finished watching it that I had kind of accepted this, not just the death of my nan, but also just of mortality itself. I was kind of like, okay, like I feel, I feel better now. And in the months since, I mean, apart from the whole pandemic thing, I haven't felt as like worried about death as I had yeah, yeah, I that, during yeah. those few months, if you know what I mean. Um, and like, there's loads of other examples, I think. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be major. It can be minor. Like there can be shows that they just heal you in small ways. Like you, maybe you're just having a tough time and you just watch an episode and you just feel a little better. And the next day you watch another one and you feel a little better it doesn't have to be a major change it can be just the show made me feel good it, it was there for uh, me i mean yeah I i've never it. had anything as profound as that i don't even think i've had anything as profound as that even from a game or a film but i suppose yeah. a show that made me feel better about myself probably digimon i suppose <laughs> 
Digimon, yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, you watched yeah. that when you... Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I got really a kid, was it when you were a kid and Digimon or is, more recently? It, to me, is a show about standing up to people. Yeah. I'll always find okay, that yeah. re- like, resonating. So, so no, that's, did, that, did that change the way you felt about being bullied? Was it, was it, were you able to go to school and it wasn't as much of a well, worry because you watched Digimon? In retrospect, or did it just I'd make you feel so. better when you got home? At the time, I, I wouldn't have been able. I, like it's back then. Yeah. It was just a, it was just a show about monsters fighting each other. That was it was purely like surface level. But no, nowadays, I feel like yeah, I I watched this show because of what was happening to me in school. Okay, yeah, I mean that that is what I mean. That was a show you watched as yeah. a kid, and maybe you didn't you didn't get the nuances of what it was doing to you. But you you now realise that maybe it, it made you feel you know, more courageous or, you know, kinder or, you know, all these different sort of, because there was all these different crests of friendship and stuff. And perhaps that, yeah, you realize I mean, that it, it did change it, yeah, the way it you felt. Yeah, it definitely affected me on maybe a subconscious level. I mean, that's what the best shows do, especially kids shows, because they are, they're bright and colourful, but then they slip in the messages kind of under the radar and they get through to kids in a way that bigger films don't. I think with children's shows, it's easier to, to get away with stuff like yeah. that because you can slip it in under the bright and colours. Shows like, um, you haven't seen them, but like Steven Universe or Adventure Time, um, which are these sort of modern classics. Um, they're shows that on mm. the surface are kind of silly looking and they're bright and colourful. But then it gives the creators a chance to to just put in these like really powerful stories, you know, about love and diversity and friendship and tolerance and and i think it it really works to help children understand who they are and who they want to be and even back then i mean digimon is you know it's not this super nuanced show that does all that but it does have elements of that where it's it's about friendship and it's about yeah people I talking agree. to each other and getting on yeah i mean i did feel like i watched that digimon a lot as well i don't know if i got that out of it but i was i yeah. did, did certainly feel that that was part of the show but yeah um right and on to the next question so this one you said you were having a bit of struggle with so i asked you what are your top five episodes of tv ever and whether they have anything in common in regards to the emotional state or themes um but if you want to just give me top five episodes just five episodes of tv that you particularly love and you can you can point out yeah and say, I, I couldn't rank you know, these because like they're completely different like completely different shows and episodes with like varying degrees yeah. of quality but so yeah these are going to be in no particular order yeah so i first episode i thought of was yuppie love from only fools and horses i think it's the first episode of season six um okay and the reason i like it so much is because yeah it shows rodney starting to become more independent from dell and it's he's like taking his life and future into his own hands okay and it's just it's just also a really funny episode as well i mean that's the classic barfall isn't it that's the one everyone remembers but no i mean that is that's a good point because that is season six was the season where they um extended the runtime of the episode wasn't it and it was building up to the whole rodney getting married and moving away thing so i guess that is quite a a big episode for the show because that was them kind of growing into something else yeah, like he, was beca- really he was becoming more mature and he was before. becoming more like like emotionally intelligent than Dell as well, which I really liked. I felt like the two were swapping, not roles, but like... No, I know, I know what you mean, where, you know, because Rodney was, he was suddenly growing up, he was moving out, he was a man and, you know, it's, the relationship has always been 
you know, the show yeah. central relationship was between these two brothers, and they only had each other. I mean, the season finale yeah. is incredibly emotional for season six. Very subtle the way they sort of. It's also got one of my the funniest change. gags when um, um, Rodney t- uh, tells Cassandra, "Can I walk you to your car?" And she's like, "Yeah, that's fine." And then they walk like two steps, and she's like, "Here we are." <laughs> I love that. That's great. Uh, okay, so the next so, episode is so, called um, My next... Old Lady from Scrubs. I think it's season one, episode three or four. I mean, there's I think there's okay. three episodes Tell from Scrubs what? that are probably my favourite, but I and I change them around all the time. I felt like this one I'm going to choose because if I was going to show anyone yeah. to watch one uh, just one episode of Scrubs, this is probably the episode I would show them as to why it's so good. I mean, I'm not going to okay. go into like plot spoilers or anything for your sake, but. Yeah, so the reason I like this episode so much is because it puts the theme of death under the microscope and it treats it with, for a show that's like got really eccentric humour, surprising sensitivity. And it's not just JD who goes through this arc as well. Turk and Elliot, the two other characters, they sort of learn about death as well in a really like profound manner. And I love, adore the scene. It's probably my yeah. favourite scene in the entire show. Uh, JD has with his patient, the old lady, and they're like having this conversation yeah. about what do you want to do with your life? And it's just like, it's really complex stuff. I really like it. And they have an amazing moment where they hug each other. <laughs> it's really great. You know, that's part about what we were talking about. That's uh, a, like a really emotional episode yeah. about dealing with, you know, difficult subjects of death. It's able to get through to you because it, it, it resonates so hard with how we, you know, worry about our own lives and, you know, dying and all this sort of stuff. Mm. I mean, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I definitely want to I love that episode. So the next one I went with, I went with a Friends episode because, and again, I really struggle because I don't really know what my favourite one is, but I just picked one that I really liked. So the one with the lottery, which I think is in season nine, I think, just because it's consistently funny. I think it's got yeah. some of the most funniest lines and gags in out of any episode of Friends. Yeah. It's also the one where Chana happens, yeah. like he gets a job that he loves, and I really, I really like that. So... It's a good moment for the for my favorite character. It's interesting because yeah. Friends. I mean, that's the ninth season of Friends, you know. And it and you're saying it was yeah, still I mean, good then. I think I, the I like days. the episode more for its jokes than I do its like story or plot or whatever. Whenever I think of yeah. like funniest moments from Friends, I always think of a lot of gags from that episode. So, but yeah, I don't. I didn't. I don't particularly see season nine as being the best season yeah i mean i wouldn't well, say season is my favorite season but uh so yeah the next episode i chose was it's called gangland from spectacular spider-man for those Probably who don't know spectacular spider-man is probably considered like one of or the best uh spider-man like cartoon te- television series ever it combines all like the best elements of yeah all other adaptations like the raimi spider-man the garfield spider-man tom holland spider-man it's a perfect amalgamation of all those things and what makes Spider-Man such a relatable hero. What I like about this episode, though, it's got all the classic Spider-Man stuff you've come to expect. Like, he's trying to balance his personal life with his superhero life. What I love about the episode is it does it has this really climactic fight scene between all the, he- like the, cri- the heads of all the criminal organisations, like Dr. Octopus, um, Silver Mane, uh, who else is there? The Tombstone or something? Like all these like crime bosses, and they're all having, they're all having this fight at this auction over this yeah. briefcase of like diamonds or whatever. I can't remember the details. But um, and then Spider Man's get gets called away from his prom date, 
to go and deal with it. And it, it's, it becomes like a battle royale. But I love, I yeah. absolutely adore okay. the use of opera because, oh no, that's not, they weren't an auction, they were on a, no, they were doing an auction at the opera. And I love the use okay. of opera music yeah. during the fight. Like it's a battle royale and it's the heads of the organizations. Yeah. And it, there's something poetic about using opera as like like the heads like the bosses fighting i don't know why just so it just seems really really an interesting way to do it oh cool i mean i've not seen the show um i'm a big spider-man fan i've never seen the animated mm. stuff like i love the movies yeah um, yeah so I mean, the last episode i picked yeah. was the constant from lost i mean there are load there are many episodes i could pick as my one of my favorites but i decided to go nice. with the constant yeah 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 not only because it's it's a fun episode and it's heartwarming, especially with that phone call at the end. Um, but I also think it's really well edited and directed. Most of all, the premise of the episode acts as a sort of crux as to what makes Lost such mm. a great show. In that whilst you have all this crazy out there sci-fi spiritual yeah. plot concept going on, what makes it work and what holds it all together is the characters yeah. and the hardcore character development and their relationships. And it's kind of like a testament to how good Lost is. You know, yeah. how no matter how weird Lost gets, it always anchors its anchors it with characters in a beautiful way yeah i mean i agree that is i watched that episode not long ago actually yeah. um i mean that's the classic one i think that's the that's the one that always turns up on the lists i mean it's not it's not one of my favorites but for what it does and what it represents for the show it is thematically i think one of the strongest um because it, it's it's quite a streamlined idea it's it's you know a man you know jumping yeah. back and forth through time it's kind of incredibly well written you know great performances and it you know it gives you this emotional yeah. heft. it gives you two characters who you care about and you care about their relationship and it's, it's it's going on and the best thing is going on during this whole other thing this it's not even a part of like the you know the flash forwards it's nothing to do with the others it's nothing to do with the freighter it, it just happens to just be this yeah. kind of standalone adventure in a way this standalone sort of emotional story i think that's why it's beloved because mm. it, it does stand separate from the rest of the things that are going on yeah so and yeah, what was story. the last question you said like what do these have in common with my emotional state and stuff <laughs> okay so <laughs> yeah, i wasn't I mean, really sure what to say but yeah. i guess if i had to pick a theme a central theme from all these episodes i suppose it's wanting to take control of your life which is which is something i'm okay, quite aspiring yeah. to do at the moment as i want to you know currently move out and and i would also like to do something like a job that i love and that's all that's not only fun but meaningful so yeah, yeah i guess i guess that's my answer to that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's i mean you can see that connected in all of them even the ones i haven't seen you know spider-man is you know that's one of the main themes yeah. of his of Spider-Man's like, entire sort of yeah. universe. It's the same with Lost. Even with Friends, you know, the lottery is about... Yeah. I mean, that's more to do with kind of like, you know, fate and, you know, chance. But that's mm. about trying to take control of your own life. No, yeah, I, I can completely see that. I mean, those are a fantastic five episodes to choose. I haven't seen them all. But, I mean, the ones I have seen, I do enjoy as well. Thank you for okay. those five episodes. But I do have one last question for you that I didn't actually send you. Okay, if a TV show oh, was based God. on your life, what I don't think anyone would want to watch a TV show of my life. They'd be bored out of their mind. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> uh, give, give me, give control. me, give me some. <laughs> there we go. I don't money. know. Yeah, I don't know. 
Control. Yeah, well, I think we're going back to the why the control theme of wanting to take control of your life. But yeah, taking taking control. Awesome. Cool, because that's going to be the name of this episode of the podcast. Taking control. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. That was that was great. That was a great chat. Um, you got anything well, you want to be watching next? I plan what, what to finish sort of The Mandalorian. And what's next on your list? Kim Possible and X Men. Not really sure what I'm going to watch yes, next. Of there's many film films and games yes. that I want to catch up on as well. Okay, well, thank you very much for giving me your time. It's been a great chat. Um, thank you very much, Alex. Well, that was Alex. Thank you for taking your time to talk about TV shows with me, and thank you if you're listening to this. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you got this far. I'd also like to ask a simple favour from you. Just let me know what you thought. Either let me know in person, in the comments of whatever social media I post this on, or send me a message. Or you can rate and review it on the podcast app you find this. If you'd like to be a guest on TV Therapy, then also give me a shout. I'd love to chat about TV with you. In the meantime, I hope you have a lovely day. See you later.